Hello and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts, the podcast that brings you the chilling, spooky thrills even in the hottest days of summer. I'm your spirited host Jennifer, a professional medium and a gatherer of ghost stories. This week's episode is going to be a little different, dear listener. I'm currently traveling and attending Haunted America this weekend in Alton, Illinois. This podcast has a vendor's booth at this year's conference, so this episode will be a callback to the spookiest stories I have found for you so far. Enjoy the chills, and I'll be back next week with the podcast's regular format. In the meantime, the ghosts will keep you company. Enjoy. I really don't believe much in the paranormal, so something really tangible would have to jump out at me and bite me before I would believe it. But this was very convincing, and I believe it to be true. If a rational explanation could be given, I would gladly take it, but there was none. This happened recently at a Halloween party. I was invited to my friend's party at his house, and some of the guys decided to crash at his place because we'd never seen the fog outside so thick before, and it seemed to have rolled in from nowhere. My friend always told me that his house was haunted and that he would only stay at the house on weekends. Since Halloween was on a Friday, he decided to have a party there. Usually, he'd be staying at his grandmother's while his parents stayed at that house. Honestly, the house seemed very normal and quite homey. That night, we decided to stay up a bit and hear the stories about the house. This house had gone through four owners, and the previous three owners had tragic ends. Their first owner committed suicide, and later his wife and children died from a car accident. The second owner committed suicide and his girlfriend died in a car accident. Third owner, well, he died in a crash, and his wife ended her life. I know, coincidences can happen. That's what I thought too. The first incident for us happened around 1 a.m. While we were talking, we heard someone knocking on the front door. His parents weren't home, so it was just me, him, and two other guys. The others had decided to brave it home despite the fog. At first, I thought some of them had returned because the fog was too much. My friend who lived there, though, started to shake. He went on to tell me that it was the ghost. I thought it was a silly thing to assume. It could be trick-or-treaters or people from the party returning. But he insisted 
it was the ghost in the door. He said, that's how it always starts. I decided to open the door. As soon as I opened it, the knocking stopped. I thought it was strange, and some of the things my friends said started to bother me, but I shook it off the best I could. While I was walking away from the door, the knocking started again. Now, I was sure it was trick-or-treaters pranking us. I opened the door, but this time, the door knocking continued. I was standing there, looking at the door, while I could hear knocking noises coming from it, and no one was there. That freaked me out good. I slammed the door and ran back to where my friends were. I told them what happened, and we decided maybe we should all leave. The door started knocking again, but when we went to look this time, it was not even there. As we were walking towards the doorway where the door was supposed to be, the door came sliding down the stairs with a loud crash. We turned around and saw the door on the floor. How the heck was my response. And when we turned around, the door was back in place in the doorway. We turned around again and saw no door on the ground, just a mark left by the door when it came crashing down the stairs. As we left the house, everything went crazy. We could hear furniture tossing back and forth, lights all over the house going haywire. Even neighbors came to inquire what was going on. All we could see was things being thrown and lights turning on and off while neighbors and my friends looked on. About 15 minutes later, it went quiet. A police officer pulled up and asked what was the problem. The neighbors and I told him what happened, and he decided to investigate. He told us to stay outside while he checked it out. Ten minutes later, he came back and reported there was nothing wrong. The neighbors and my friends decided we'd have a closer look, and we found everything to be in order. Nothing was out of place. What was different about this is it was witnessed by more than 20 people, and it's in a police report. I know it's strange, but after the door was taken out of the house, everything stopped. The house is quiet, according to my friend. And the door... It's in some garage somewhere. I really don't care. As far as I'm concerned, that door is gone for good. I really don't know the history behind that door, nor does my friend. But it had been part of the house ever since the first owner.
While in high school, a couple of friends, my friend's mom and myself, were talking about a local building being haunted. It was a soil company that sells dirt, bark, and other landscaping goods, rumored to be the location of a murder years before. My friend's mom happened to work there, so we decided to go for a visit, bring a Ouija board, and give it a shot. I had never used one before, so I was skeptical from the beginning. This business is essentially a large warehouse with tall metal racks. Think Costco or Home Depot. The aisles are stacked with bags of dirt, manure, bark, and other things like large ceramic planters and flower pots. Our Ouija board was glow-in-the-dark, so we kept all the lights off. Once we got it going, it started moving around, and I was freaking out already. We asked if something was there to let us know, and there was a loud bang that seemed to come from the rafters on the other side of the warehouse. Every question that followed was met with a similar bang from various locations, sometimes close, sometimes far. The last question asked was if it meant us any harm, and the planchette didn't move, but it was already pointing at no. We repeated the question, and what immediately followed was the closest noise yet. It seemed right on top of us. So we decided it was time to leave. As we were hurrying and rushing out, we flipped on our flashlights. In the dim light, we saw a large, heavy pot fall from one of the shelves. Then we heard what we would later find to be 40-pound bags of bark being dropped to the ground. The last thing we heard as we rushed out of the building was a low, slow, grinding noise across the floor. When my mom's friend returned the next day to work, she discovered a sledgehammer that had been dragged through the spilled dirt. It was left standing on its own in the center of the pile. The drag marks were sharp and apparent, but there were no footprints to be found. Here's another spooky story for you. Enjoy. When I was about 12 years old, my mother bought my 10-year-old sister a clown doll. With this doll, you could change its expression. If you put cold water on its mouth, it would frown, warm water, and it would smile. It would also smile if the weather was warm. My sister put the doll on our windowsill, and our window faces the backyard. One hot summer day, we happened to look in her window 
and the doll was facing out, and it was frowning. This was weird, but we thought someone was maybe playing with it. Several days later when we left the bedroom, the doll was facing into the room. When we got outside, it was facing the backyard. Again we thought nothing of it and started playing, but when we looked back, he was facing the room again. This happened several times. We would look up and it would be facing the opposite direction. Then, on several occasions, my sister put the doll in the window when we went to sleep, and when we woke up, it would be in a different place. Eventually, the face no longer worked properly either. We would use warm water to make it smile, and it wouldn't smile no matter what. Then at other times, for no reason, it would smile, or it would be smiling and all of a sudden frown. We started to get scared but never actually saw it change expression. It would just be changed when we next looked at it. We thought, okay, maybe our older brother was messing with us. Then, about three weeks later, I woke up one night to find the doll missing. I looked around the room and it was nowhere to be seen. I got out of bed and saw that our door was open slightly. I heard a strange noise in the hallway, so I went over to the door, cracked it open a little more, and peeked out. I saw the doll standing in the hallway. I opened the door and started to walk out. Then, the doll's head started turning and I froze in my tracks. It turned around and looked straight at me, smiling, and I swear my blood froze. I ran back to my room, jumped in bed, and hid under the covers. I heard lots of rustling around in the room and teeny footsteps, but I was too scared to look. When I woke up the next morning, there was stuff thrown all over the room, and the doll was in the middle of the floor. I woke up my sister and told her what happened. Her eyes got big and she told me she had also seen the doll move one night, but didn't think I would believe her. We told my mom, but she said we were just dreaming. My sister and I ended up taking the doll and throwing it in a dumpster behind a store. We were kind of worried that the doll would find its way home, but we never saw it again. To this day, it gives me chills, and I will never own a clown doll again. I was inside a shopping center awaiting for the arrival of a friend of mine. I decided to sit on a bench in the walkway, like many other shoppers do, while I waited for her. After a while, a few workmen arrived. They started positioning a crane to make repairs on the ceiling of the shopping center. 
A few of the workers kindly asked me if they could move the bench where I was sitting to work without obstruction. Of course I agreed, and they moved the bench a little bit farther away. I approached the bench to sit down again, and suddenly a bad feeling washed over me. I nearly argued with myself, but I decided that I'd be better off to move away from there. Now, this was weird because there wasn't anything really suspicious, but I decided to take the hint, and I started to walk away into the shopping center's aisle instead. About 20 seconds later, a big and heavy steel pipe suddenly collapsed from the ceiling and hit the bench where I was supposed to be if I hadn't followed my inner voice. The workers were just as shocked as I was at what happened. There was no indication that anything could have fallen, and I'm sure the workers would have roped off the area if there could have been any danger at all. I had just suddenly had a very bad feeling that suggested I should leave. Since it happened just a few seconds after I left that bench, I was there to see the whole scene unfold. That mystery suggestion probably saved my life, and the incident left me shocked for a long, long time. I was a university student in my third year. Two of my friends had rented an apartment together. The apartment was not strange at all, nor did we feel any strange vibes before or right after we moved in. Later though, trouble started. The layout was simple. Once you entered the main door on your left, there was the living room. Ahead of the entrance door, there was a glass door leading to the kitchen. On the right-hand side, there were two bedrooms and the bathroom. Because we were students, it was the only apartment we could afford. So I converted the living room into a bedroom living room with a pop-out couch. And I kept my clothes in my other roommate's big closet. I was, at the time, fascinated with tarot cards and readings, so naturally I bought a deck and started practicing. All of my friends wanted readings. Love troubles were the main issue, but my friends would not let me rest. The readings started going on every day, sometimes multiple times a day, and I wanted to comfort them through their tough time so I went along. My readings were never wrong. That's what added to the fascination. Now, the thing I heard about tarot cards at that time was this. Tarot cards do not give you the answer themselves. Once you start the reading, you start a communication with another realm. Behind that realm, entities provide the answers in the form of the cards you draw. 
you don't know what they are. They can be good, bad, or even neutral. And the more you do readings, the more this realm remains open, allowing entities to cross over. Take that opinion as you will. I don't state this as fact, but as a story I heard about them, and what made me think that it might have a hint of truth, is what happened next. Six months later, I was alone in the house. Tired from studying and work, I had wanted to stay home. I came out of the shower and went into my roommate's closet to take a t-shirt to wear and turn in for the night. I reached for the closet door, and before I opened it, a strange disembodied scream came from within, and my hair stood up. I grabbed a random shirt off the bed. I threw the t-shirt on, ran out the entrance, knocked on my neighbor's door, and I stayed the night there. I was terrified. I initially thought, it's all in my head, I must have been tired. But that was only the beginning. Then other strange things started happening in the house. Doors banging, furniture moving in the middle of the night, plates clanking by themselves. My roommates and I heard all of these things happening during the late hours. We tried to brush it off, but the atmosphere in the place was getting heavier. One of my roommates told me he started seeing shadows moving in the house at the edge of his vision and a strange feeling of dread every time he was alone. Then one night, I was sitting on my bed-converted couch reading a book before I slept, and the glass door of the kitchen opened abruptly and I saw my own mother walking into the room. I was stunned as my mother lived about two hours away from me, had no car, no keys to my place, and she was in her nightgown. I called to her, Mom, is that you? No answer. Mom, what are you doing here? No answer. I started feeling really scared. She was walking slowly towards me. She then sat next to me and grabbed my ankle. She started squeezing my ankle to the point I thought my blood was going to stop flowing. I closed my eyes and started saying, Go away. Go away. Whatever you are, go away. I looked and in that instant it turned into black smoke and disappeared right in front of my eyes. I had a bruise the shape of three fingers on my leg that appeared the next morning and remained for a couple of weeks. At this point, I was scared to remain alone in the apartment. We had a rule that there would always be at least two people together at home. Then one night, a friend of one of my roommates came to stay with us for a couple days. He took one of the rooms and the rest of us shared the remaining two. We spent the night in a good mood, eating and laughing. We never told him any of the weird occurrences, thinking he would not believe us anyway. We went to bed late, around 3 a.m. 
he closed the bedroom door, and not even ten minutes later, we heard him screaming. We barged in thinking he had fallen or had some other accident, but he was just frozen solid on the bed, unable to move. When he finally managed to speak, he said that when he turned the lights off and got into bed, he saw a child standing over him, a small child no more than ten years old, with a faint blue light around it and black eyes. And that's when he started screaming. Once he was fit to get up, he grabbed his bags and ran off to a hotel. We did the same. We packed a bag each, and soon after, we moved out. We never spoke again. I don't know why, but we just didn't. Our friendship was just broken. But I will always remember that place. I don't know if the tarot readings caused all of this, or if it was already there, or if it was just a figment of our imagination. Are you enjoying your ghostly visit? If so, please follow, like, comment, and share. The ghosts may be talkative, but they are lousy at marketing, so every click helps. Tell your friends, and please leave a kind review so that others might join us. The spirits, and I thank you. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed these chilling, spooky ghost stories that I've collected for you this evening. And I can't wait to spend more time with you next week with the podcast regular spooky format. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to in this world or the next, just remember, come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and good night. If you listen to my podcast, you have to be like me. You love listening to spooky stories. I'm excited to say that Audible is a sponsor of this podcast. Audible's storytelling keeps me company no matter what other task I'm doing. And you know what? Listening can also keep my stress at bay because my mind is being drawn into the stories I'm listening to. Sign up and try it now by visiting audibletrial.com ghosts. I'll also have a link for you in my episode description notes that you can click on. Happy spooky reading!